Next on BYU Sports Nation, underdog. BYU football only favored in one of the first eight games this season. What say ye? BYU baseball has thrived in an underdog role. They crushed Utah last night again. Kendall Rogers from D1Baseball.com joins us to talk about the national perspective of the Batcats. Plus, former BYU quarterback and pitcher Ryan Hancock, and it's a softball game day with an in-state rival. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. We are live in Radio Vision, BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans all over the place. Wednesday, April 3rd, wherever and however you're dialed in, it's nice to have you with us again. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with mustache comb designer, Jason Shepard. The best mustache combs are made with whalebone, by the way. <laughs> That's got to be pricey, right? Well, here's the thing. Ever since I found out that Luke Worthington of the BYU basketball team had some glasses that were made with whalebone, I've been fascinated by whalebone. They I were made the- of whalebone? Yeah, he had these glasses that, like, part of the, of the, of the glasses were made of whalebone. Isn't that illegal or something? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been fascinating to me, and I can imagine that would make one heck of a mustache comb. Brennan Anderson had a mustache comb working last night in the dugout. Uh, He's a guy that's been injured. He's banged up a little bit. Not sure what he's going to be able to do for the next two weeks, but at least he's got the mustache comb looking (laughs) and his mustache on fleek in the dugout. The best part about the mustache comb is that he wears it around his neck on a chain. It was just awesome. We got we got him last night during the broadcast, <laughs> and the best part was when we started the interview. He was actually he was combing it. <laughs> he was combing the mustache with the mustache comb. It was great. When is BYU not having fun in the dugout right now? That baseball team is having a good time. Well, and Kyle Dean last night, um, his teammates were being pranksters. That's weird. <laughs> and they put the uh, a piece of gum, you know, had, that it was in a bubble. <laughs> They, they put it on there. For those uh, watching on TV, you can see it right now. He, he walked around for quite a while without realizing <laughs> that was on his hat. The ability to ignore that and not pay it any attention is amazing. Okay, uh, just really fun stuff. Kyle, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle's a good kid, man. He's a great, great guy. <laughs> Listen, if you can't play on the field... You step up your game in the dugout, That's right? right. You got to do something somewhere. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, led by BYU Baseball. They beat Utah with a football score last night, 14-3 in front of the third largest crowd ever recorded at Miller Park, almost 3,000, standing room only. They scored nine runs in the third inning. Weren't there four pitching changes? For Utah, yeah. (laughs) It's They went through multiple pitchers. It seemed like every time the BYU would bat around, they would be facing a new pitcher. You never got a second look at the same picture. Holy cow. I heard at one point they played uh, The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow during like, the third pitching they change. <laughs> well played by BYU <laughs> Athletics and Marketing. Uh, the Cougars have a huge series in Moraga to face St. Mary's starting on Thursday. It'll run through Saturday. But BYU, whew. talk about run scoring, Jason. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU baseball has outscored Utah 20-3 to in the two games so far this season. They scored six runs in the first game 
and 14 last night. 20 to 3. That's a shellacking. Those are the Pac-12 leaders, might I add. Are they in the Pac-12? Uh, yeah, still wouldn't have to confirm that okay. with uh, our statistical crew behind the scenes. <laughs> uh, by the way, BYU softball home hosting Utah State tonight. Another in-state showdown. This time for the ladies, the game at Gale Miller Field gets underway at 8 Eastern time. You can watch that on BYU TV. I'll be on the call with Gary Shady. You can also listen on BYU Radio. And men's golf won the Ping Cougar Classic yesterday with three top five finishes. Austin Christiansen finished first at 11 under. Jacob Brugman had a run and two walks for the Midland Rockhounds. Jacob Hanneman had two RBI on a double and a walk for the Tennessee Smokies. Plenty of reason to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Football Power Index. Paul Sabin, former guest on the show, friend of ours, BYU graduate and part of the ESPN analytics team, sent us statistical win-loss percentages in regard to the approaching BYU football season as part of ESPN's Football Power Index. Now, within that information, BYU is listed as an underdog in seven of the first eight games this year. What? Okay, first of all, let me get this out of the way. Compi386, or whatever computer they're using, is not taking a personal shot at BYU football. I think Commodore 64 really hates the Cougars, though. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. I've had my eye on that one for a while. This is not a shot at BYU. These are computer numbers. So don't take this personally. It's just what they feel will happen when they plug in the numbers and stats of what has happened on the field and how they look at it approaching the next season. At BYU LASF Jazz tweets in this, seven of eight games, there's only one game to worry about. Cue the countdown Countdown to the Wildcats. 143. By the way, we missed one earlier this week, so sorry about that. Uh, What? and, And quite a few of you caught it, too. Has that ever happened before? Uh, maybe. <laughs> For the purposes of this show, no. <laughs> no, Jason, that is ne- we have been perfect in that regard to the countdown. We would never, never do something like that. But really, 143 days away, BYU, Arizona. Jason, how much can you really know at this point? Even the computers, how much can the computers know 143 days away? Well, that brings us to our Twitter question. What's your reaction to BYU football being underdogs in seven of their first eight games, according to ESPN's FPI. What's your reaction? How do you react to that? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Rob at the post says, that's an indicator of a quality strength of schedule. I believe BYU has the 55th toughest schedule right now. So not insanely difficult when you look at the 55 number it's 55 out of 130 ish college football teams the division one levels but still really good and when you're an underdog in seven of the first eight jason i mean how much concern do you feel like as a fan are you like oh no we're doomsday what happens now look here's the way to look at it. this is at least how i look at it Obviously, the fan side immediately goes on the defensive. Well, they they don't know anything. It would be ignorant of us and naive to completely dismiss it. Because, as we mentioned, it's looking at the numbers. This is a statistical analysis. So while that part is 
accurate according to the numbers, it doesn't take everything into the equation, such as this doesn't have the numbers last year with Jamal Williams. Oh, there's that. Jamal Williams is back, adding to BYU's offensive arsenal. Potentially Taysom Hill and that playing in the game. It doesn't take into account the new coaching staff. Now, that could be both positive or negative. There are so many unknowns that just looking at the numbers, you can't gauge. So, again, you don't want to completely dismiss what numbers say, but you have to take everything into account. BYU running through the first four games in the 30 percentile of at least of a chance to win those games according to the ESPN Football Power Index. But you're right. It can't factor in for Jamal Williams and Taysom Hill. Those guys played a combined three quarters last year for the 2015 Cougars. Pretty good three quarters, though. Yeah, it was fantastic in Lincoln, Nebraska. Numbers, Numbers are not the gospel. We get it. Hey, sports are the great unpredictable and the only true reality television show. You cannot predict what happens. Who said that Utah was going to go up 35 to nothing on BYU in the Las Vegas Bowl, and then that game would end 35-28? There's no way. Okay, So it is imperative that you keep the following things in mind. Take, for example, last year's football power index, according to ESPN, and the 2015 BYU schedule. It was supposed to be super tough, right? Absolutely. To that point, it was the strongest schedule BYU'd faced. Nebraska, Boise, UCLA, Michigan, Missouri. Holy cow, what do we do? Okay, Nebraska, mediocre. Boise, Mediocre. UCLA, good, but overrated as they always are. Michigan exceeded expectations. And Missouri, quite frankly, had a down year. They didn't go to a bowl game. It just wasn't as tough as we thought it was going to be. So we look at the schedule this year and we're like, oh, man, this is amazing. Some of those teams will not be as good as we think they're going to be. And maybe one or two exceeds expectations, but you just have to take it with a grain of salt. FPI had BYU winning seven-ish games last year. They ended up winning nine. FPI has BYU winning around six games this year. So how many will they win in 2016? I sent out this poll yesterday in regard to the first eight games, Jason. Of 689 votes, and there were four options, I said, how many games will BYU win in the first eight? Seven or eight, five to six, three to four, one to two. Of the 689 votes, almost 50% of BYU fans, I'm assuming you're all (laughs) BYU fans, said five to six wins in the first eight. Is that too high? Let me just put it this way. If BYU wins five to six games in the first eight, (laughs) do I need to say anything more? Do I honestly need to say anything else? If they win five or six games out of the first eight, oh, this place will be rocking. They'll be a top 20 team. <laughs> you better believe it. David Nixon, former linebacker, called for a 3 0 start to the season. You better believe he's got BYU winning at least five of the first eight. But then there are the national expectations. FPI has BYU going three and five. And, and you might say, well, I thought you just told me that BYU is an underdog in seven of the first eight games. So wouldn't that mean that they go one and seven? That's not happening. BYU's not going to go 1-7. The law of percentages would suggest that BYU, even though they're underdogs in the the majority of those games, they'll win a few, right? 
That's what always happens. And, and we're focusing on BYU, but it's the exact same thing with all these other teams, just like you mentioned with the schedule last year. You go into last year assuming you know what the opposition is going to do, and it doesn't always pan out for them. They sometimes are better than you thought, sometimes are worse than you thought. Unpredictable. It's the same thing here. It's not just we don't know everything about BYU. We don't know everything about Arizona. We don't know everything about Utah. They're still going through trying to find a quarterback right now. We don't know who's going to be healthy coming out of fall camps. Yes. All of those things will factor in. Okay, The reality of what BYU will do probably lies somewhere in the middle of blue goggle expectations and the national expectations of three and five. But probably closer to blue goggle. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. I should probably have had them on when I said that. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. What's your reaction to BYU football being underdogs in seven of their first eight games, according to ESPN's Football Power Index? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Tyler underscore Magnum. Uneducated. (laughs) A computer? Apparently, we have a better chance of beating Michigan State than beating Mississippi State. Go figure. Now, wait a second. Is it beating? Is there a better chance of beating Michigan State than Mississippi State, or is it West Virginia? I thought it was West Virginia. Right now, interesting note, West Virginia at a neutral side in Washington, D.C., Jason, they give BYU a 23% chance to win that game and a 28% chance to beat Michigan State in Lansing on their home field? But that's what the numbers say. The what? numbers say it, so it has to be right. Compy 386. Might have some issues with that one at Twiggy or Stone. Not surprised. New coaching staff with a difficult schedule. They are going to have to earn respect. Play the games, man. Absolutely. And we're not saying that, they're, that this is going to end up being wrong. We're just saying we don't know yet. And so to get in an uproar because you see these 143 days away from Arizona is, is probably not the right move. How much will this change as we get closer to the season? And it will. Things happen. Joining us next on BYU Sports Nation, a team that is thriving in an underdog role, BYU Baseball, explained by Kendall Rogers. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. You can join the conversation whenever your heart desires. Just use the hashtag BYUSN. Softball hosts Utah State tonight at Miller Park. The game will be broadcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 8 p.m. Eastern time with that guy right there, Spencer Linton, as well as Gary Scheide. Now, the Cougars coming off of a rare series loss in West Coast Conference play to try and bounce back against the Aggies of Utah State. Our Twitter question today, what's your reaction to BYU football being underdogs in seven of the first eight games, according to ESPN's Football Power Index. At Kimbala24 says, all that matters is if the guys in the locker room believe they can win. Do you think they use this as any type of motivation because it, it is a computer analytics thing? 100%. Yeah. What, anything that can be used as motivation, athletes use. And that's... And that's why a lot of them are as successful as they are. Johnny Linehan, the punter, tweeted out yesterday, you can't, you can't tell us what we're going to do. Watch, we'll prove, we'll prove them right. Or prove them wrong, I should say, in September. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline as we change topics to a team that has exceeded expectations on the baseball diamond, the 21st-ranked BYU Cougars, is Kendall Rogers, editor and national writer for D1Baseball.com. Kendall, nice to have you on the show. 
Uh, it's good to have you. It's good to talk some BYU baseball. Seems like it's been a while since we've been talking about the BYU and the, and the word elite and baseball together. And I feel like uh, I feel like this is a fun team to talk about. But certainly, it kind of captures the kind of the national audience so far this season. Holy cow. Ranked for the first time in 22 years. And we read your <laughs> article yesterday where you called BYU, quote, incredibly impressive after last night's 14-3 win against Utah. What? Which aspect of the BYU baseball team right now do you think is the most impressive? Well, I, I think when you look at this team overall, I think the general consistency is pretty impressive. But I think the other thing, probably most importantly, is when you look at the team just from a sheer offensive standpoint, you know, whether it's guys like Colton Shaver, Brennan Lund, uh, you know, Tanner Chauncey, you, get, you just go down the line, and it's just a really versatile lineup that can, that can beat you with the power, can beat you in the gap, and, uh, you know, when you have a versatile, balanced lineup like that and you have guys that, that have a lot of experience at this level, that's usually the recipe of success. And uh, they've kind of carried that uh, a long way so far this season. And they've gotten solid pitching. You know, guys like Michael Rucker uh, certainly had a nice year. And so, you know, people, we, we talk so much about this team just from a sheer offensive standpoint. Uh, but they've got pitching, too. And this is, a, this is a dangerous club, nationally speaking, in my opinion. You mentioned nationally. What is the national view of this BYU baseball team? Well, I think the big thing is I think the the way they're winning games, I think if, if there's a situation where they're winning a lot of close games against some of the teams in their schedule, I think a lot of people you know, have have a little hesitancy in the sense that they'd be like, well, uh, you know, they're squeaking out wins against these, you know, these, these mid-level teams. And what, what's going on is not only are they beating these teams, but they're beating a lot of these teams in submission. And you look at last night's game, for instance, uh, Utah, a team that's much better than its overall record would indicate, you know, tied for the lead in the Pac-12. You know, again, they, they you know, just blew those guys out of the water. And uh, I just think you look at the way that this team just plays consistently. It, it, it is a very, very veteran approach. Uh, they, they obviously seem to be very uh, kind of just get timely hitting. Uh, and they can just wear teams out. And when you have an offensive team like that, that that is a dangerous team to have in a regional because, uh, you know, you know, where where you know where's the where's the stop button with this club? They just continue to to do what they've done since you know the first day of the season. Now, speaking of regionals, D1Baseball.com released their midseason regional projections and had BYU as one of sixteen yeah. one seeds hosting a regional. But this team is currently unranked in the top twenty five poll by D1Baseball.com. Why do you think that is? Well, I think that that's a great question, and that's a you know it's one of these things we, wrote, we kind of hotly debated as a staff last week. You know, for me, uh, I was a little bit over you know outvoted a little bit on this. Uh, I feel like BYU is probably a top twenty-five club. You just look at the overall body of work. Uh, other staffers didn't agree, but either way, I think this is a team that is right on the the cusp of our rankings. Uh, and what they've done this year is impressive. I mean, you, you talk about a team that you know has. You know, let's, let's face it. This is a team that, despite the the non-conference truth of schedule, uh, you know they have beaten some solid clubs. You look at the, you know what they were able to do earlier this season. You know, taking a you know sweeping a series from a, on the road against Kansas. I understand Kansas is a great, but sweeping that series on the road was impressive. You look at the way that they beat San Diego. You know, last weekend, uh, scoring 25 runs in the first two games of the series, just really impressive. Uh, I think this is a top 25 caliber club and. Uh, though the RPI keeps dropping a little bit just because of the teams on the schedule, the next couple of weeks should really help BYU because you get a, a 45 RPI St. Mary's club. And then you come back with a Creighton team uh, who, by the way, has a 24 RPI. That's that's really impressive for Creighton. So, you know, it, while the last couple of weeks you look at the RPI team, for instance, the RPI teams that BYU has played the last few weekends, 
would be 83, 148, and 72 in order. Not very good. But the next two weekends should really help this team out. Kendall Rogers from D1Baseball.com joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. You've referenced BYU hosting a regional a couple of times. I know yeah. you wrote about it several weeks ago. In your opinion, how realistic is it that BYU could host a regional, and, and what's the case in favor of that happening? Uh, I think there's a very good chance. I think right now, I think they have a few things working in their favor. Uh, you know, I think the, even though the RPI keeps dropping a little bit, they still are 32, which is a striking distance. Uh, and the fact that the West Coast just isn't very good this year. You know, coming into the year, we expected teams like Oregon, UCLA, Cal State, Fullerton to be teams that would be in the mix for hosting. And at this point, all three of those teams are out of the mix. UCLA probably wouldn't even make the postseason, and Oregon certainly wouldn't make the postseason. So uh, that that really works in their favor when you look at the committee and the fact that they you know they want geographic balance. And let's face it, this is a this would be a pretty exciting school to give a regional to. Uh, it doesn't happen often. It's clearly a, a great setting. Uh, they've got a great ballpark, uh, clearly a, a large fan base that would tune in uh, if BYU is on television. So uh, I think I think BYU's got a really good shot, especially if they continue to win like this. If they you know if they finish the season, you know, with fifty wins or they're forty six and you know you know eight or, or ten or whatever, uh, I think this is a team that hosts for sure. Twenty six and five right now, BYU baseball. We're talking with Kendall Rogers of D one baseball dot com, editor and national writer. I want to talk about which conference is the best in the West in just a moment, but you've mentioned RPI, those magical three letters, a couple of times, which we discuss a ton during college basketball and the run to March Madness and trying to get into those brackets. How much does RPI matter in baseball? There are 301 Division I teams, I believe. BYU is 35 and and dropping now with a, a lower strength of schedule. But how much does RPI factor into what this team does and where they end up in terms of this regional discussion. Yeah, you know what? It's probably about eighty-five percent of it. Wow! And unfortunately, wow. you know, unfortunately, it can. You know, the, the the committee uses it such a crutch, and the reason why this is, if you look at the basketball committee, uh, you know, you look at the fact that a lot of those basketball committee members, uh, you know, watch a lot of games and such, so they have a pretty good inventory of you know what these teams are all about. Baseball employs the method of using an advisory committee in each region, uh, and, and you know a lot of these committee members don't quite have as much of a pulse as maybe a basketball committee member. So what they have to do, they have to they have to put a lot more importance in the RPI. Furthermore, they have to uh, put a lot of stock in what the advisory committee says. And I will say this, uh, I will you know I've talked to some coaches on the West Coast that have seen BYU, uh, and the coaches really like this club. Uh, we're, you know I think every coach I've talked to talks about you know this team. This, this team just overwhelms you offensively, or these guys are much better pitching wise than you would expect. And you know this 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 team is clearly for real. So you know what the RPI could hurt them. I actually think BYU at this point would grade out really well uh, with the coaches on the advisory committee. No reason. This is a team that that you know regardless of who they're playing uh, is leaving very positive impressions on everyone. You mentioned a moment ago that some of the teams that a lot of people expected to be good have not been at least to this point. In your opinion, what is the best conference out here in the Western United States? Boy, that's a great question. You know, I would still lean the Pac-12, but I think the WCC, you know, would have a legitimate argument this year. I mean, I think you look at this league overall, uh, you know, you talk about even teams like a, a San Diego, Pepperdine, clubs that haven't been great this year, but to me are, are still solid clubs. Uh, but then you look at like St. Mary's, for instance, uh, you know, that's a big series coming up. St. Mary's at the 45 in the RPI. Eric Valenzuela uh, has done a tremendous job. 
uh, as the head coach there. And then you look at a team like a Gonzaga, you know, they're out of our field this week still, but this is a team that is 31 in the RPI. They're 9-3 in conference. The problem they have, if you look at the rest of their schedule, is they played the easiest part of their conference schedule. So I feel like they're going to kind of take a step back as the season goes on. But, you know, in, in terms of, you know, depth, I think the top five or six teams in this league are pretty strong. And so uh, I would say the Pac-12, but I think it's very close uh, between these leagues, which is kind of bizarre because it doesn't happen very often. With three top 50 RPI teams right now in BYU, Gonzaga, and St. Mary's, and then Pepperdine and San Diego, as you mentioned, hanging around that 100 mark or in between sure. 50 and 100, is this a multiple-bid league for the NCAA tournament? I think it is for sure. I mean, I think you're, I think you're looking at, at minimum probably St. Mary's and certainly BYU being in the field. And I think Gonzaga is a team that, again, if they could win some games down the stretch uh, against the schedule, I think they could uh, get in. And I think, you know, Loyola Marymount's another team that, uh, you know, they, they're always one of these teams that are much better than their RPI and their record would indicate. You know, this is a team that's better than one game under 500 and 83 in the RPI, you know, but you have to go out and win those games. And so, uh, I would keep an eye on LMU as well. I think Jason Gill does a really solid job down there. But uh, I think right now it's a two-bid league with probably, at, at this point, I would say the maximum would be three. But uh, this, league's, this league's profile has certainly gotten better. And right now it's the seventh RPI league in the country, uh, which is uh, a, a de- definite improvement over last season. In order to host a regional, Kendall, obviously you have to have the wins, and BYU at this point does. But from a yes. logistical standpoint, how much of a positive is it for BYU that their facilities stack up against some of the better, you know, programs in the country? No, absolutely. I, I think when you look at this facility overall, I still remember when they actually built this thing several years ago. And, uh, you know, it's a great kind of multi-purpose facility. You look at it, it's a, it certainly fits the bill of what's needed for the, for the NCAA postseason. Uh, I believe it holds about 2,500. And it looks to me, uh, and, and the athletic director would have to speak to this, but it looks to me like you can even add, uh, you know, more seats to that place if you really needed to. And they so, did last night, uh, by the way. Yeah, so that's you know what that probably, in all honesty, was probably a trial run to see, hey, logistically, how does this work? So that's probably why they did that. If people were wondering why they did that, in addition to just wanting more fans there, so uh, that's a that's a positive. I think you look at the setting. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure you can find a better setting. Uh, in college baseball, outside of Malibu, uh, and ter- you know, for, to watch college baseball, so the setting's great. It's an easy place to get to. Uh, I've been to Salt Lake City multiple times to you know during the winter, and you can easily get get in, drive down the interstate, get to the ballpark. So it's an easy place to get to. Uh, to me, if BYU continues to win at the level they're winning, to me, it is an absolute no-brainer. Especially if you're looking to to give you know regionals to new exciting places. And you know, I understand. And here's the thing: I understand people. Uh, in some parts of the country, you know, predominantly probably California would have issues with a Thursday to Saturday regional. But the flip side of it is uh, if you get done on Saturday, guess what? The winner of that regional gets an extra day off. So maybe it's not such a bad thing. Follow him at Kendall Rogers D1 on the Twitter machine, writer and editor for D1Baseball.com. Kendall, we appreciate the time and uh, the insight into how BYU stacks up against the rest of the nation when it comes to NCAA baseball. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I'll be good. Get the best of luck to the Cougars. Thank you. Kendall Rogers on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. So he, from what I, the number one thing I take away from that is he's kind of on an island at <laughs> D1Baseball.com with BYU. He's super high on the Cougars while a lot of his staffers and cohorts 
aren't really buying what the Cougars are selling right now. Well, I mean, I think what he said, it's up to BYU. They keep winning at this pace. According to him, he thinks it's a no-brainer that they host a regional. Joining us next on BYU Sports Nation in Studio B to make his debut is Ryan Hancock, former dual sports star, pitcher, and quarterback. How do you balance all of that? And is he buying what the Cougar baseball team is selling? Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Number one, BYU men's volleyball will be home this week, hosting number 14 UC Irvine on Saturday. It's the quarterfinals of the MPSF tournament. A match could be seen on BYU TV and heard on BYU Radio at 9 Eastern time. Jerem Jordan. Very uh, methodically putting together his boards for an all-too-important match for the number one Is that what he's team. doing today, maybe? No, he's got, he's got most of it done. He finished most of it yesterday. I think he's just trying to uh, catch his breath a little bit before <laughs> a very busy weekend on BYU TV. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. Baseball beat Utah again last night, 14-3. to Regardless of what happens in Salt Lake City in May, the Cougars win that series against the Fighting Pac-12s. The Cougars scored nine runs in the third inning alone. They take on St. Mary's, another RPI Top 50 team, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. BYU, by the way, ranked number one nationally in two categories, runs per game, averaging over nine, and doubles, averaging just under three per game. They average over nine runs a game. That is bizarre. It's fun to watch, I can tell you that. Woo. Softball is at home tonight hosting Utah State. The game gets underway at 8 Eastern. You can check it out on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Men's golf champions of the Ping Cougar Classic yesterday. Three top five finishers individually. Austin Christensen finished first at 11 under par for the tournament. And Jacob Brugman had a run and two walks for the Midland Rockhounds. Also, Jacob Hanneman had two RBIs on a double and a walk for the Tennessee Smokies. Joining us now in Studio B is a former dual sports star at BYU, making his show debut, Ryan Hancock, Major League Draft prospect pitcher and quarterback for the Cougars. Ryan, welcome to Studio B, man. Excited to be here. BYU puts up a football score on Utah last night uh, on the baseball diamond, 14-3. to Now, you personally have had the pleasure of facing both the Utes in baseball and football. How satisfying is it to hand your rivals a loss? But not just a loss, a crushing loss like that. Oh, it's awesome. And it really looks like uh, the baseball team's getting it, that it's important to beat Utah. They've done it twice now, and anytime you get a chance to go up against your rival, doesn't matter where the sport is, you've got to take them down. When you see what this BYU baseball team is doing, especially as a former player, what kind of pride do you feel? Oh, it's 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 the it's great. It's great to see BYU baseball um really getting back into the glory days. Back when I played, we were always a team that scored a lot of runs. That was always been a trademark. Although I was a pitcher, um you know, we really always had to have the runs behind us because it's a tough place to pitch. You got to put runs on the board and it's nice to see see us out there hitting home runs and having power hitters like Colton and 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 the guys really putting putting the runs on the board. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh BYU is ranked for the first time since I believe you were on the team. Is that right? Um, you know, I'm not sure about that. Um, uh, I, I I remember bouncing in and out of the rankings during my time there. Uh, but, uh, you know, we were almost uh, every year in, in the regionals. The, of course, the three years I was there, we had 40 wins several of those years, which is commonly the benchmark to get yeah. into into uh, the regionals. But um, um, we didn't go the years I was there. But um, I know the year after I was there in, in 93. 
four. Four, I believe, yeah, okay. Was, was the last time, or, or was was a, a year that that we had been in the regionals as well. So, Ryan Hancock with us on BYU Sports Nation. Now you're in the BYU baseball record books. You are the the program's career saves leader. First of all, I want to know if you know the number. Um, Do you know how many saves? You know, I heard, is it nine or oh, you're selling yourself way. You're short. underselling, I, Ryan. You know, saves. Of, uh, you're you know, being very. New, new, that's that is great. <laughs> You know, 15. 15, okay. 15 career saves. Now, Mason Marshall, who's on the team yes. now, he has 11. Yeah. So how would you feel if, if your record is broken, <laughs> or at least you have to share it? Hey, if it means, means more wins for BYU baseball, <laughs> no worries. Not like people are tracking the save record at BYU, but it's, <laughs> it's fun to see local guys like Mason. I actually, uh, when I coached at Jordan, when I was Colton and Brennan's coach, um, uh, Mason was at Bingham, and it was, it's fun to see him doing well. Okay, so coaching Colton and Brennan now, watching them succeed at BYU, what what is that like to see them advance and develop? Obviously, the way that you hope they will as a coach. Oh, it's it's great. Although um, Brennan wasn't a pitcher, um, Colton was actually a pretty solid pitcher in his in his time, and and uh, probably could handle the D one pitching. But um, he hitting is the place where where he belongs. Uh, of course, there's a lot of pride. I can't take uh, any credit for his hitting ability. I didn't work with that, but <laughs> but I did work. Take with... take credit for it. You're fine. <laughs> no, it's 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 awesome. I love seeing Jordan High guys out there. Although I haven't coached their last couple of years, it's it's awesome to see them. And just another connection I have with what's going on with BYU baseball right now. It's outstanding the job that coach mike littlewood has done this season has been fantastic why do you think he's had so much success as byu's head coach especially right now um you know what i've been an advocate of mike's from day one back when the job came open when pullins left um i really pushed i i i talked to um you know some of the the people in administration here. I was really hoping to get Mike back then, and it took a little while to get him in there, and that's that's fine. Um, but uh, what he's done there, here has been no surprise. He just um, I actually played a year for him at the end of my professional career, and and I saw what kind of coach he was. He just really knows how to build a team atmosphere and to get a team to play for him, and to play hard, which is m- most important, of course. And he's just done an outstanding job um, with the team totally expected though i knew he would do it and then i and i knew the team would turn the corner like they are right now as well so it's awesome to see it happening and you know it's 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 amazing to see you know the whole shift in how much excitement there is around the the team it's it it's not surprising to me though because um they have a, a great facility there it's a fun place to be um you get these beautiful spring days um i think we're gonna see uh byu baseball um really become you know a popular thing on on, on campus how fast could you throw at your prime um you know i actually probably threw some of my hardest pitches um, in my college days because I had that knee injury at the end of, of my um, college career. Um, I believe I had a game up at at the Kingdom playing against Notre Dame in a tournament that I got clocked at in the high 90s, like 96 or 97. Okay. So that was usually my hardest. But, I'm, you know, I, I was more of a low 90s guy. Oh, well, <laughs> step it up, Just man. Low Just 90s. low 90s. There's some studs out there right now on the team th- blowing that kind of smoke, so. It's fun to see Mike that. Rucker is one yes. of those. He's tied for uh, the NCAA lead in terms of wins. He's 7-0. and You evaluate pitching. What kind of major league prospect is Mike Rucker? Um, Mike's outstanding. I've, I've only been able to catch a, a few of his games, but, but I've been very 
you know intrigued by by what he does he kind of came out of nowhere i didn't know anything about him and transferred i guess from from uh gonzaga um, from gonzaga and um you know he he's a nice calm pitcher he keeps everything in control and that's one thing i look at is is mental makeup that's so important um he he doesn't lose control he stays control of the situation um he keeps the ball around the zone he touches the corners he knows how to pitch and and almost most importantly he's putting numbers on the on the radar gun which i mean when you can average over over 90 you're going to get attention and um and he's doing that We've obviously focused on on your baseball career at BYU, but you were also a quarterback yes. at BYU. You can only choose one to play. Which one are you choosing? You know what? I, I get this question all the time, <laughs> and um, I will have to admit. I mean, it's you cannot you can't make the comparison uh, in baseball as to walking out in Cougar Stadium as the starting quarterback. Sure, you you can't. I mean, sixty five thousand people. I mean, I probably played in front of maybe 40 plus in baseball um but um there's something about the intensity of football games um it's only once a week you know there's there's a you know, a big uh um build up to the game every week um you you can't compare to being quarterback you just can't <laughs> <laughs> the man speaks the truth we're looking at some highlights of Ryan Hancock on BYU TV right now. Not a bad throw right there uh, into the end zone for a touchdown. <laughs> what are your expectations for year number one in this new era of BYU football under Kalani Satake and Ty Detmer and all these former BYU football players that have now kind of come back to Provo to try and resurrect this program and take it to the next level? Um, gosh, expectations. Um, I'm not one to, you know, spell out something that I want to see happen. I, I you know, as far as numbers, it's it's hard to put a number on, you know, wins and, and that type of thing. But really just the atmosphere change um, has already met my expectations. Um, and you guys can all attest to that. I'm sure you've felt it. Um, there's just an excitement around the program. Um, you know, not that things were stale before, but maybe they had kind of leveled off a little. And it's nice to see something that's kind of brought us to, um, it feels like another level. And, you know, I, I know that those those the, the the new staff is going to really bring us to you know a level that that we haven't seen recently you know and and whether it be this next season or or down the road I'm, I have utter confidence in Ty and Kalani former BYU quarterback and outstanding pitcher a man who had 15 saves not nine Ryan <laughs> and who threw in the mere low 90s on average only in Studio B great to have you on the show man. Anytime. It's we need exciting. you to sign our uh, BYU Sports Nation stretch wide flag before you go. Sure. Take care of that. Ryan Hancock on the show. Joining us in Studio B talking baseball and football. It's game day for softball as well, Jason. It's a busy, busy day. BYU and Utah State taking Gail Miller Field tonight. Caitlin Larson makes her show debut. She's got some Utah ties as well. We're going to get into the dynamics of that. Do you bleed blue? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard live from Studio B. If you missed this show live, watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern or download the podcast on iTunes. Had a great show today. Kendall Rogers of D1Baseball.com 
on BYU's chances of really hosting a regional. And we just talked to former dual sports star Ryan Hancock, quarterback, baseball player, why he thinks Mike Littlewood is having so much success. Yeah, and this, the baseball team is just rolling along. It's a big night for BYU softball. We'll be hosting Utah State at Gil Miller Field. The game will be broadcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio with the one and only Spencer Linton and Gary Scheide. Game time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And joining us now in Studio B, our second in-studio guest, sophomore outfielder, Caitlin Larson of BYU Softball. Caitlin, welcome to Studio B. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What's harder, to do this, an interview in <laughs> Studio B, or to play softball in front of uh, thousands of people on television? Um, probably this. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, it's not. It really isn't. Like, I, I, get, I get the butterflies sometimes thinking about the, the situations that you have to face as players. But I want to start with this. I want to know what the family dynamic is. Like, your brother Biss was a, a good baseball player for the University of Utah. Yes, he was. Now you're playing for BYU. What's the family dynamic like right now? <laughs> it's all right. My parents, they'll wear Utah baseball stuff, and they'll wear BYU softball stuff, but that's it. They don't wear any – it's like – it's like a joke at my house. So like they'll wear BYU if it says softball, but that's it. <laughs> there, there's a certain criteria there's that they certain. follow to the T. Yep, they'll, they'll support the softball team, but I haven't quite converted them to the rest of the BYU family yet. <laughs> well, it, it, beg, the, it begs the question then, other than the fact that BYU obviously is better, <laughs> uh, why, why did you choose to play at BYU with Coach Eakin? Um, just because of the success of the program here. They have gone to regionals so many times, and they're always – top of their conference and the facilities the baseball softball facilities here are great so you'll see gail miller field tonight live on byu tv and byu radio and caitlin larson probably starting in left field right that seems to be is that the plan the plan yeah <laughs> okay starting in left field tonight against the utah state aggies now last year you go from playing in 17 games you started five and now you've played in 37 and started 33 so how has the transition been for you going to a full-time uh-huh. byu softball player um it's a lot, um, I don't know, it's obviously more fun to play, but it's like you always have a role. So no matter if you're on the bench or um, in the field, there's always a role to be filled. And this year, mine just happens to be in the field, and I love it. So You guys are riding a two-game losing streak. You've got Utah State tonight. What's it going to take to snap that streak? Um, just an overall, like, all-around good game, I think. We need to show up hitting and defensively this game. And I think we will. I think we're, we've are we come back. I think practice has been good and stuff. So Yeah, drop two of three from LMU in that series. And that doesn't happen in the West Coast Conference. I mean, let's be honest. BYU softball just wins whatever conference they're playing in. <laughs> so what is, what is the biggest challenge that you and the team are facing right now, having gone through some recent struggles? Um, I guess just kind of like coming back is always hard. So like um, getting the energy and – like remembering how good we really can be and getting over the fact that we lost a couple of bad ones and then coming back even harder is probably the thing we're focusing on more now. Kind of forget the past, forget the losses, and focus on what's to come. So, For those that may not know, why don't you explain the, the hats? Yeah, where did the, the, the weird hats, hats go? go? Where are where they? Where are they, Caitlin? <laughs> uh, last year we did the whole rally cap thing, but... I don't know. I mean, each year is a new thing. We want to do farther and go better this year. So we got rid of what didn't work last year and kind of tried to do something different this year. I mean, we don't have any crazy hats this year, but I don't know. Do you have any crazy superstitions happening in the dugout? <laughs> um, not really. I mean, not anything crazy. I mean, everybody has their own personal superstitions, but... What's yours? Um, 
my only like superstition is I do the same thing every time I get in the box, and it's kind of long. <laughs> but, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> it's just like a certain amount of shuffles in the dirt, and then like. I don't know. I always hit my heel with my bat, and then I touch my helmet, and <laughs> I don't know. So if you <laughs> mess if you mess up on the routine, do you have to step out and reset? Yeah, or I just don't swing at that pitch. <laughs> Unless I have two strikes, then I just go for it. <laughs> These are really important things. Okay, it's all about routines and muscle memory with softball. Yep. We're talking to Caitlin Larson, sophomore outfielder for BYU softball. I'm going to issue you a challenge. Okay. Whether it's it doesn't have to be hats. If that didn't work, <laughs> I I want you to ins- I want you to inspire your team to come up with something weird, something weird in the okay. dugout that gives me something to talk about <laughs> during the broadcast. Can you can you talk to them about that? Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> One of the funner uh, traditions you have when you get to first base uh, with Coach uh, House, yes. uh, Kristen De La Housey, is you get a piece of candy. Mm-hmm. What's your go-to candy on first base? Uh, you know the vanilla Tootsie Rolls, the blue ones. Those are she buys those for me. You and Terry Nashif, men's <laughs> assistant basketball coach. Seriously, he buys like vanilla Tootsie Rolls in bulk. Yep. Housing goes and picks them out of the little thing at the store. That so is that I can dedication. Have them. <laughs> what, is, what is it though? Because the BYU baseball team is really into the candy. And I'm not going to name names, but I saw someone last night, a player, who was, was basically hoarding candy inside his jersey, <laughs> like a pouch. Yeah. Well, so is it just because you have a lot of time sitting in the dugout and just want something to munch on? I mean, she. we use it as a reward. It's so like we get to first base, you get candy, and it's hard to eat, so I usually end up with like a lump in my back pocket too. <laughs> if it's a good day, I mean, if my pocket's empty, that's always sad. But um, I don't know. It's just, I don't know, something to get rewarded with for us. If you see blue Tootsie Rolls uh, flying out of Caitlin Larson's <laughs> back pocket, you know it's been a good day at the softball diamond, right? Yep. Okay, uh, I do want to talk about the fact that you're a home run hitter in high school. I think you led the state your senior year in, in home runs. What are you thinking about? You have two this year mm-hmm. uh, with uh, BYU in your sophomore year. What, what do you think about when you're rounding the bases after you hit a home run? Um, I don't, I, it's like, like you're happy and like proud and just like, I don't know. It's kind of like it's fun to look at your team and see how happy they are for you too. I don't know. I, don't, I guess you don't really think. It's kind of just like a – Oh heck yeah! <laughs> like, <laughs> it's Everybody nice to not look have at to, me. Yeah, it's nice not to have to sprint. You get to actually jog. Caitlin, we're going to give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Are you aware of what the karma is and does? Uh, no. Okay. Well, you're in for a treat. Okay. When you come on the show, you're already a really good softball player, <laughs> but because you're on the show, you're going to play better tonight. Oh heck yeah! It happens. All Ask right. your coach about it. He okay. will verify this. Okay. Sweet. This has happened a number of times. We also would like you to sign. Our uh, stretch Y BYU Sports Nation flag with our silver Sharpie. All right, Caitlin Larson putting her John Hancock or her Herbie Hancock. Or her Ryan Hancock. Oh, nice! Yes! Yes, Jason! Thank you. I'm out. Nicely played. <laughs> Caitlin Larson and BYU softball take on Utah State tonight, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We'll tell you everything else you need to know across BYU Sports Nation next with the Cougar Whip. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jason, what should we do? Let us whip it? Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Baseball. BYU with the 14-3 victory last night over Utah, clinching the season series. They'll play one more time up in Salt Lake City coming up in May. The Cougars scored nine runs in the third. Just another day at the office for the Cougars. BYU will travel to Moraga to face St. Mary's for a three-game weekend series. Softball. The Cougars host Utah State tonight at 8 Eastern. We just talked to Caitlin Larson. She has the BYU Sports Nation karma. I will call the game with Gary Scheide. 
8 Eastern, 6 Mountain, BYU TV and BYU Radio. Golf. BYU shot a combined 35 under to win the Ping Cougar Classic. Freshman Austin Christensen won the tournament at 11 under. Patrick Fishburne and Spencer Dunaway also finished in the top five. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Brugman went one for two, scoring a run with a couple of walks, playing for the Midland Rockhounds. Jacob Hanneman had a double and two RBIs and a walk for the Tennessee Smokies. Men's basketball. The Portsmouth Invitational starts today. Kyle Collinsworth will play tomorrow with the K&D Rounds. Also, BYU signee and recent BYU Sports Nation guest Yoli Childs was named Honorable Mention All-American by Max Preps. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. I'm giving it to the entire BYU baseball team. They lead the nation in runs scored per game, 9.1. That's not including last night's 14 runs, by the way, Jason. So that number will jump just a little bit. Number one team scoring in the country. And as we mentioned in our stat of the day earlier, they have outscored Utah in the two games, 20-3. to And all three of those came last night for Utah. Went scoreless in the first matchup. Thursday through Saturday... In the Bay Area, mustaches over Moraga. BYU and St. Mary's Is that top. a new hashtag? Absolutely, man. I like M- it. Mustaches over Moraga. <laughs> I'm starting it. <laughs> so many people are shaking their head right now going, oh, please, just stop talking. What is your reaction to BYU football being underdogs in seven of the first eight games according to ESPN's Football Power Index? Let's get to the Twitter machine. You've got Tweets. At Mark Wabell, need to consistently win over quality opponents for many years to get respect. Go Cougars. I agree. This is not a, hey, have one fantastic season and it's going to be great before you start to see the index change on things like this. But, hey, let's go, man. Underdog roll for sure. At Kiki Dean, too much weight given to the new staff, not enough to the returning talent. Also, P5 bias. Taysom Hill. That's not... That's not- a thing, is it? Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Tanner Mangum. Yep. At Crazy Cook Fanatic. Doesn't matter. Nothing can dethrone us from our annual preseason national champion status. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, how is that not the elite tweet of the day? I'll tell you what is from at Cougar Stats. I think they are trying to outdis Lenardi's snub of the basketball team in reference to not getting in the NCAA tournament first bracket. I like it. Thanks to our guests today, Kendall Rogers, Ryan Hancock, and Caitlin Larson. Download the podcast on iTunes. Check it out, BYUSN.com. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Vance Law. We're back